is up, fellow high achievers? Welcome to episode five of PogRx. I am your host, GamerDoc. Today we are talking about my favorite topic, possibly in the world, food. You are what you eat. You get out what you put in. Food is fuel. There's a bunch of different sayings, euphemisms. I'm not really sure what that word means about it. But what it boils down to is there are ways in which you can pick and choose the foods that you put into your body to get a more desired outcome. We all know that, right? People who lift lots of weights are really concerned about protein. People who wanna be super skinny are concerned about carbs and fats and everything, and the rest of us see a cheese cheese plate and don't have any self-control. So um, what about the people in between though? What about the esports athletes? How do you manipulate the variables that you can control? Because that's what this is about, right? It's about changing the things that you can control, controlling the controllables. You can't affect your RNG. You can't, you, you know, you can't have a say in what your ping is. You can't have a say in how good your opponent is, but you can control what you put into your body. And whether or not you're an esports athlete, someone who's in their late 20s, gamer, old age, or anywhere in between, what you put into your body matters. And it, it you know, traditional sports has cared about this for a very, very long time. Um, everyone's probably heard of carbohydrate loading, whether or not you're an endurance athlete or you are a fan of The Office. Carbo loading is a big thing, right? So does anyone really know what carbo loading is? I'm sure we have some idea. You eat a bunch of carbs the night before. You know, you, you eat that pasta dinner night before a game and you're supposed to play better the next day. But what is it actually, what does actually carbo loading mean? Well, sugar is stored in your body as carbohydrates, as, as glycogen. Um, and the main area of storage for this sugar is your liver and your muscle. And sugar is important for a lot of things, particularly for this episode, because um, you know your, your muscles and your brain utilize sugar as a fuel source, primarily. Um, and if you increase the stores of sugar in your muscles and in your liver, then you're gonna have more sugar to perform and you're gonna be able to perform longer, you're gonna be able to run faster, you're gonna be able to do whatever you're doing better. So how do you increase your glycogen stores? How do you increase the amount of sugar that is in your storage system? And that's what carbohydrate loading is. So the traditional way of doing this is starving your body of carbs for three days and exercising. You're depleting all of your glycogen stores, you're depleting all of the sugar stored in your liver and in your muscles, and then you eat a high carb diet and you don't exercise. So you're, you're stuffing your liver and your muscles with sugar and you're not using it up. Theoretically, this will allow you to have more glycogen stores. This is debatable whether or not you need to deplete your stores the, the couple days before, but um, if you are exercising for more than 90 minutes, it's gonna improve your performance. It's, it's, it's shown less than 90 minutes, less, less data on that, but it will allow you to perform better. Um, now, the question is, is that applicable to esports? Um, and why, why we think that way, right? So a lot of the stuff we talk about in the show doesn't have, no one else, this isn't written down somewhere, right? This is coming from my brain, from conversations I've had with people. Well, is, car, is carbo-loading effective for esports? And the reason why that's interesting to me is because glucose, sugar, carbs, are the only fuel source that your brain can use. So you need, your brain needs 120 grams of glucose a day. This accounts for around 60% of your daily glucose intake goes directly to your brain, not your muscles, not your liver, not any other part of your body, your brain. 60% of the sugar you eat in a day goes to your brain. Why is that? Well, things like fats, 
other ways that energy is stored, can't cross the blood-brain barrier. So there's a barrier between your blood and your brain, which makes sense, right? You don't want all the crap you put into your blood to go directly into your brain, so there's a filter. And only certain things can get through that filter, the blood-brain barrier. We should talk about that in another episode because it's actually pretty cool. But, you know, fats can't cross the blood-brain barrier. Proteins are too big. So your body only can use glucose. Um, and I don't know if anyone's ever seen Marshawn Lynch eating Skittles on the sidelines. It, it's funny because the reason and, and the way that that originated was when he was a kid, he had an upset stomach. And his mom would give him Skittles to make his stomach feel better, which doesn't make any sense to me, but placebo is a real thing. Um, and so when you see, when you, you know, when he used to play, Marshawn Lynch would be sitting on the bench eating Skittles mid-game. What he's doing is he's keeping that storage, keeping that glucose flowing to his muscles and to his brain. And he's, you know, he's, he's beast mode. He's, he's Marshawn Lynch. Um, although athletes, athletes are an interesting perspective on nutrition because, you know, Marshawn Lynch is sitting on the sidelines eating Skittles. Um, and then you, you look at the diet that Tom Brady is on. And Tom Brady is, you know, one of the best athletes of our time, whether you love him or hate him. We know that's true. Um, look at his diet. So he has the weirdest diet I've ever seen in my entire life. Weirdest diet. And one of the things that Tom Brady doesn't do is he doesn't eat acidic foods. So Tom Brady says, I am, I am only going to alkalize my body. Um, and his hypothesis is, is that acidic foods cause inflammation in your body. And alkalizing foods, alkaline water, decreases inflammation of your body. And to be, let's be fair to Tom, he's been hitting the head a lot, um, Acid does cause inflammation. It does. Acid, if you had acid, it would be bad for you. And if you want to make your pH more basic, right? So when we're talking about acid, alkaline, these are opposite things on the, the pH scale. So a lower pH, so a pH of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 is acidic. A pH of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 is basic. But our body sits right around 7. And we have these really beautiful things called our kidneys. Um, we have our liver and we also have stomach acid. So if you eat food, you know where it goes? Into your stomach. You know what your stomach is filled with? Acid, stomach acid. If you're eat, drinking alkalized water, is that neutralizing the pH of your stomach? Absolutely not, absolutely not. So let's just, Pretend like we're not smart for a second and pretend like if you eat food, it's going to neutralize the acid in your stomach and then that food is going to travel through your gut. Is that then going to make your blood more basic? Absolutely not. Your kidneys and other parts of your body are literally created to create this pH balance in your blood. Tom Brady has, is misled. He's, he's misled. But... But the fact of the matter remains is that what you eat can affect you. Can it change your blood and make it less acidic? No, no, but it can have a huge impact on your life. I mean, the dude's 43 and he's still crushing it. So we got to take something, something for it. Um, and so I don't know if this intro has given you anything else other than another reason to not like Tom Brady or another reason to love Tom Brady, whatever your pleasure 
But the fact of the matter is what you eat matters and the stuff you put into your body matters. Um, maybe not for your pH, but for a lot, of, a lot of other things. And so our guest today is a chef. And she's not just any chef, she was the head chef for the Fusion. Um, and she works in esports, she works influencers in LA. And she knows how to feed esports athletes, which is, which is interesting because if you're an org leader, if you're a coach, if you're someone who's in you know, the management, if you throw organic, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant foods at your players and you want them to be the healthiest players out there because you listened to a podcast with Gamer Doc and, and she said that you, food matters, chances of them buying in that day are very slim. People aren't gonna eat the foods that they don't like. And second of all, if you introduce new foods, it's gonna upset their stomachs. And you don't want people on tournament day with upset stomachs. It's just not gonna make them play well. Um, and that's one of the issues we see when players travel, right? If you travel to a foreign country to compete in athletics or to compete in esports, the foods that you want are no longer available. So that's why it's so interesting and why I'm really excited Chef Heidi is here because we're going to talk about feeding an esport athlete and the pros and cons, the ups and downs, the pitfalls, um, and, and what, what it's actually like inside uh, you know, an esports house, a team house. So that is our guest for today. But first, your first Pog RX of the day. This is a simple and easy tip to make you game healthier, better, and longer. Here it is. Eye strain and eye fatigue is one of the most common complaints amongst college esports athletes. But let's face it, for the rest of us, that's something to worry about too. Staring at computer screens all day is not good for us. So to prevent eye pain, worsening vision, and a whole slew of other things, practice the 20-20-20 rule. For every 20 minutes you spend looking at a computer screen, look at a spot 20 feet away for 20 seconds. While 20-20-20 is a good mnemonic to remember, if you're only doing this for every hour or so, that's probably better than what you were doing before. So just maybe try it like, I don't know, once? That's it, your PogRx for the day. So easy, most people can do it. There it is, your PogRx for today, but that is not gonna be the only one for today because we have Chef Heidi coming up right now. She's the former head chef for the Philadelphia Fusion, and she's gonna tell us all about making healthy choices in competitive gaming. Welcome to the show, Chef Heidi. Chef Heidi, welcome, welcome to PogRx. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show because you have worked in esports. Um, you served at the head, as the head chef for the Fusion. Um, this might seem like a dumb question to you, but for a lot of people at home, it isn't. Why does esports need chefs? I think, uh, well, they need chefs because a lot of them, first of all, don't really know how to cook mm -hmm. for themselves. And uh, when they do cook, it's either Uber Eats ramen noodles, um, you know, pretty minimal stuff here. I mean, the Fusion Boys were trying to flip pancakes to cook eggs and, you, you know, they posted some pretty awesome party foul food. Um, but they need chefs because ultimately they need to be fed well, you know, nutritionally, and um, they need to be catered to. They're young men. They don't have a lot of time because most of their time is invested in the game, sleeping or a connection with their family, you know. Mm -hmm. They don't need to think about what they're gonna put on their own menu. They don't have time for that. Is this different than, so, you know, a lot of times these esports athletes, they're young, 17, 18, 19, 20, they're plucked from their parents' house, put into the team house. 
Do you think that esports, their relationship with food or their ability to cook is different than someone else their age who's not involved in gaming or is it just everyone that age? Like, what have you seen? Because I know you work with non-esports clients as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Right. Um, overall, I think most people of that age really don't know how to cook for themselves. Yeah, you know, I know I didn't, really. I mean, I was you know, graduating high school and learning how to become a baby chef at the college. But I would burn things in the microwave, you know? I mean, I knew some basic stuff, but I didn't know anything about nutrition or how to feed myself adequately, you know? So I think across the board, most people that age really don't know what's going on in the kitchen. They might not even know how to turn on the stove. I remember I was in my first year of college and I had like a three-year-older girlfriend and I wanted to make her dinner. And so I made noodles and then I heated, I microwaved Alfredo sauce, Prego Alfredo sauce in a can, and I mixed it together, and I thought it was, like, the best thing I'd ever made. I was like, I'm cooking! Yes! Yeah. So that's, that's, that was the extent <laughs> of my skills at that age. So you're showing up to these kids who don't know how to operate a stove, mostly, um, and you walk into the team house, and you say, I am your chef now. Well, what, what was that like in the beginning? Well, the first time I ever cooked for them was actually my uh, interview. So I did a little prep at home, rolled up from San Diego to Los Angeles with all my goodies. And I spent about an hour there in their kitchen. And I walked in, I was like, wow, this is a great kitchen. I could do laps around here. And I did. 
And uh, I put a spread before them with about, you know, under an hour and they all came out and they're like, Ooh, you know, I remember Fraggy's face specifically just, Ooh, you know, check this out, you know, because first of all, here's hot food, right? Normally when you order out for 30, 40 people, it comes, it's cold, it's old. It's not smelling, the kitchen's not smelling good or anything, you know, it doesn't really create this, um, this home environment, this essence of community when you just pick stuff out of a bag. You know, so they were all pretty floored. They're all pretty excited. I made a variety of things because not only were they interviewing me, but I was interviewing them. I wanted to see what they went for, what they didn't go for. You know, how was I going to wrap my head around these clients from nine different countries from ages 17 to 28? Like, you know, it's a pretty big spread of clients. So can we get a taste of that, pun intended, of like, what did you cook? What were they into? What weren't they into? Yes. So I did some bulgogi style beef, which they ate it all. I did some like a Mediterranean chicken, they ate it all. And then I had bowls of different uh, vegetables. So like whole roasted mushrooms, all of them gone. Oh, wow. A big thing of uh, kale salad, still there, you know, so, and then like grains. um, I don't remember what grain I did. I think I did some couscous and I did some pasta and you know, they kind of hit half of it, right? So I was like, all right, so we have some heavy protein dudes. They love meat. They don't like salad, but how can I get them to eat it? And some of them are keeping it easy on the carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and overall, I think I impressed them. Um, I know, you know, I, if I didn't, I wouldn't have been working there. Um, but basically, Ross and you was like, I like you. We like you. And I was like, I like you too. You know, and so that I was hired. Yeah. And then I kind of knew what I was getting into. Yeah, you you were like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm going to have to be creative. It's not my normal clientele. There's actually a really cool video that I was watching on YouTube about the players talking about you and what what the difference it made and how how it made a difference to have hot food and just the comfort aspect of it. Um, So when you were there, did you notice... Uh, change in them? Did you notice any evolution in their relationship with food or how they interacted with you? I mean, it's just such an interesting concept that hasn't really been explored that much. Right. It is interesting to, th- you know, and I've gotten to see it firsthand. Um, you know, it started to create a sense of family for these guys that were so far, far away from home. I would put stuff in the oven after lunch and it would cook all day and the house would fill up with those mom smells you know, like grandma used to make kind of stuff, braises and slow roasted meats and soups and all that kind of stuff. And we get them excited for mealtime. And when you're excited for mealtime, nothing else matters, right? You guys are sitting around the kitchen. They're coming in an hour before mealtime because we had scheduled times. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be a little bit early because I knew dinner. They were hungrier than brunch. You know, <laughs> I call it brunch because they're all waking up. And, you know, so they come in an hour early and then start connecting on a level outside of the game. Maybe they were still talking about the game. Maybe they were reading the ingredients on Coke versus Coke Zero versus Diet Coke. You know, so they're starting to get interested in what things, what were in things, you know, and what you cook and what you do. And, you know, they never really wanted to get involved in the cooking, which was fine. Um, but they would ask me some questions from time to time. It took a long time for them to really open up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always just the same. How's it going? Good evening. How you doing? You know, um, and not so much. Did you like this? 
because I would never ask them, did you like this? Or what did you hate about it? At least that's a general manager. So that was like our line of direct communication was if they hated something, they would let them know. If they wanted any changes, they'd let them know. Then he let me know because they were shy to criticize, right? They didn't want to criticize me. Did they not want to hurt my feelings or did they just, I don't know, it was a respect thing. Maybe you don't tell your mother that you hate something. Never. <laughs> no, I do not. I'm terrified of my mom. So <laughs> in, in, at some point, the, you know, Poco called me team mom. I'm like, yo, dude, you're not that young. <laughs> Basically saying, I'm not that old. I felt like, I felt like a sister in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had brothers, you know. They call me team mom. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to own that. You know, I'm going to own that. And, uh, you know, they come up to me and ask me, you know, I don't feel well. What could I do? Or somebody's obviously showing signs of a cold. I would mm. whip my chicken soup. I'm like, you can't eat this kale wrap thing I'm about to make. Like, you got to eat some soup. You need to get some good home cooking chicken soup. Yeah. You know, that feel-good food. So just um, over time, the interpersonal uh, communication became better and better. I think it was that started to trust me. I became yeah. a regular fixture, almost a part of the team, you know? So, and that sense of community and family that I could create in the kitchen with aromatics and just being open, um, really started to grow and kind of feed to that. Yeah. Feed to feed it. To it. Feed yeah. to it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, the future of esports organizations, hopefully everyone is going to have a team chef, right? Like that's how do you get your players to eat healthy? It's going to be a lot easier to bring in someone who knows what they're doing than teach your players how to cook. And, right. But if you don't, if you don't have the resources or you don't have the budget for a chef, um, what are, did you have any like tips or anything you learned working with the players that, you know, made you a, a better esports chef? Um, anything for like people at home who might have either like, kids who are kind of in this situation who are real esports moms <laughs> right just you know if you're gonna try to cook or attempt to cook just start with the basics don't overcomplicate it you know these guys need some lean proteins they do need some multi-grains and they need some vegetables right and you can just roast anything in the oven you know you can roast some chicken get yourself a good meat thermometer learn about temperatures so you don't get sick roast some chickens, roast some steaks. You could even roast your hamburgers in the oven, you know, and you can roast all your vegetables in the oven and just learn how to cook rice. It's not that hard. A little bit of rice, a little bit of um, sweet potato, Ooh. a little bit of pasta, brown rice pasta. They thought, hey, let's try some brown rice pasta. Let's try some whole grain pasta. I put it out there like, no, let's not try that actually. <laughs> let's go back to the one you did before, you know? Have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can be adventurous and still keep it simple. There's a lot of great recipes. I use uh, the Yumly app. I've used it for probably 10 years. However long it's been out, I don't know. And it will make your grocery list for you. Ooh. It will, you know, so if you pick out a recipe, you could type in grilled chicken dinner. And it will tell you, like, all the grilled chickens ever. And then you can pick a side. And you can pick, a, you know, a couple of sides or whatever. And you can pick out the groceries right there. It will Instacart it to you. Like, it's a pretty cool app. I never went that far. I always love shopping. I love going there and picking out the freshest things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hands on everything. I yeah. feel like you can't be a chef without enjoying, like, shopping for food. Right. right. Like, you... Well, 
Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know anything about the culinary, you know, industry, yeah. so that could have been a completely ignorant thing to say. But thank you for I being kind. It. I'm commercial shopping on, uh, you know, websites right now for a convention center, and I miss just going to the grocery store. I used to go every morning for Fusion. Oh, wow. My wow. best friends were the grocery people in Burbank. It was the first people I met, you know. It was on a daily. I'd love to go picking out fish in Glendale. And they gave me the studio discount. Ooh. I work in the studio, you know. But I worked for Comcast, NBC, you know. So it was like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, going to K-Town. When Rostin showed me the California market, I just rolled over and died. I'm like, this is heaven, dude. This is great. You know, because I was going into some pretty funky stores. And I would walk in and take a whiff and just walk out. Yep, yep, yep. You're like, that is I not the way. That's good. <laughs> no. Uh, fresh ingredients definitely I feel like play a, a huge role like I'm just so jealous of my wife's from California and so every time we go out there and just the ingredients and the the food is incredible and I think that's another really good tip is is like using fresh ingredients right people will right. like your food better right right and there's more nutrients in the fresher food there's more nutrients I agree produce in California is uh, amazing yep Proteins, however, taste a little bit different. So I've pretty much gone strictly organic on all my animal products. Definitely sustainable on my ocean uh, foods. And uh, I mean, that's just a, you know, I love my planet and do what I can. Yep. Uh, I want to support the good guys. Yep. And uh, yeah, the fresher, the better though. The fresh, fresh caught fish, um, organic meats, uh, the fresher vegetables are going to have more nutrients, more phytonutrients. Things are more packed in there. The longer things sit, the more they die. I mean, but plant life is a living thing. You know, and that's what I tell my chefs at work. Treat it like it's alive. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I, that makes me feel good for spending extra on the farm share that we have a membership in. So thank you for, you know, justifying me. Um, Chef Heidi, we are almost out of time. Your okay. Twitter link is below you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to? Yeah, right there. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to shout out or direct people to if they want to learn more about you? Um, I had done a blog. There's a few blogs on there. It's called Chef Heidi Eats Her Words. Dot <laughs> com. And there's some, there's some good stuff on there about making uh, grain bowls. There's some fun stuff about cake, some braises. Go check it out. I'll try to jump on there and put some more stuff on there. Um, I'm coming up with a new website pretty soon. It's chefheidemarsh.com. It's going to have some cool B-roll. I've been doing a little bit of streaming on Twitch, you know, so it's like a little sing-along of um, me making the B-roll for my website. But there's some tips and tricks on there, too. It's been a busy time for me. We're going to get back into that stuff again real soon. So just uh, keep an eye out. I don't tweet as often as I should, but uh, I do throw up some pre-tweets when I'm going to do those twitches. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being here. I mean, I learned a lot. I think people at home are going to learn a lot. And um, this is a new industry. And so your experience is isn't written down anywhere, right? Like, except for your blog, you're the only one who knows what you know and like the, the handful of people who do what you do. So thank you for sharing that knowledge with us and, and have yeah. a wonderful day. It's a morning for you. So have the wonderful rest of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And again, if people have questions, Feel free to hit me up in my DM or right there on the front of Twitter. Um, I'll do my best to get back with you guys. All right, so Chef Heidi's Pug RX is to choose fresh ingredients and keep it simple. Stupid! Two Michael Scott references in one episode. If you don't know who I'm referencing, shame on you. 
That's it for our show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This was episode five. If you've missed the other episodes, you know, that's okay because they're available where podcasts are sold. Bookstores, Amazon, Borders. I don't I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, have a wonderful evening and have a happy and a healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this show. For more information, follow GamerDoc on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment informational purposes only. Thank you, and have a very nice day.